turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. I wanted to preach this sermon uh, tonight, uh, but uh, I have been advised to do it early for various and sundry reasons and so we're doing that turn in your Bibles to 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 the Bible reads examine yourselves whether you be in the faith Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you. Except ye be reprobates. Second Corinthians 13.5 Now look at Matthew chapter 7. Verses 21, uh, turn it this way, through 23. And you should see me on Facebook, three channels, if you will, on Facebook, BC and in one Facebook, uh, Gospelite Society Facebook, Daniel White Third Facebook. You should see me live on blackchristiannews.com, live in the middle of the page, Gospel Light Society International, Gospel Light House of Prayer International, Go to Church Online. Uh, We are available on YouTube, but that's our storefront uh, campus. And we're not that popular on YouTube for various reasons I will not get into right now. And uh, we're on Twitch and all over the place. So uh, you can find us at least at 20 places online uh, right now. Uh, contact your family members and friends and tell them I will not be preaching tonight I'm preaching now and probably will be doing so throughout the week around this time or earlier Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What is the will of the Father? Obey the Ten Commandments. Obey all of God's word. You must understand the purpose of your getting saved by believing in Jesus Christ is not only to save your soul from hell, but to change your life 
your heart, your mind, your soul, and spirit, so that you will obey God's will for your life. For if we obey God's will for our lives, uh, we will show forth our love for God and for Jesus Christ, His Son. For Jesus Christ said, If you love me, keep my commandments. And not only that, then and only then will you reap the benefits of the blessings of God on your life. Mommy, wifey, for the title of this message is Mommy, in parentheses, and wifey, are you going to hell? Part 2. And by the way, for those of you who may not like that title, I am preaching the same message on Father's Day. And if you can't take this, I feel very sorry for you. Because hell is a reality. And so is heaven. And if the Lord tells is coming, I'll be preaching on heaven. A series on I spent my life doing. Trying to get people saved from hell. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never, I never, I never, Jesus Christ said, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You better take Jesus Christ seriously. If you have never truly been born again to the point and with the proof of a changed life that is directed by the power of the Holy Spirit to obey the will of God and the will of Jesus Christ, then you have never been born again and in Jesus' book he has never known you. Now you need to take every word in the Bible Seriously. Every word. Do not take it lightly. So don't get mad at the title. Mommy, are you going to hell? Take heed to the word of God and examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for the earlier service and the earlier time of prayer, the devotional service. And we pray that as it goes out, you would bless it and anoint it from on high. And use it, not only live, but on demand. Save souls through it. 
and change and transform lives. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I thank you for giving us the gospel and giving up your Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to bleed and to die for our sins as the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world, who suffered, bled, and died for our sins, was buried and rose on the third day, the good news, the gospel. And uh, Holy Father God, thank you for putting in my heart and in my spirit to preach the gospel now to people in the church and outside of the church. For so many people are lost in the church and the evidence of it is uh, we're in this coronavirus uh, plague of long continuance because of the sins that stink in your nostrils in the church from swinging pastors and Christian college presidents and their wives, pastors' wives, uh, husbands and wives in the church who are bisexual, homosexual, and uh, endorse and sanction homosexuality in the church and allow homosexuals in your church as members and as ministers we have gone too far in our sin in the church and the reason Lord no doubt is because many people in the church who are in leadership the family has been turned upside down because of people who are lost and on their way to a devil's hell in the church twisting the scriptures and leading people astray, the blind leading the blind. And so, Holy Father God, open the eyes of the blind, not only in the world, the irreligious, but among the religious, the church-going people. And Lord, we pray that some would be saved, that your holy name would be glorified, and that Jesus Christ would be exalted. In Jesus Christ's name, I do pray that you grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, your freedom, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach and to proclaim your Holy Gospel to the people in the church and to the people outside of the church. And we pray that Christians who are truly saved would be encouraged and revived again. We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, for this is something that even hits home. Lord, our sweet hypocritical evangelicals and Christians today don't like to hear this because this does not fit their little neat packaging. But I believe that my own wife of 34 years is lost and on her way to a devil's hell. Uh, and I pray for her salvation as I have been doing for 30-something odd years. 
and I believe that she's on the way to hell for one reason, because of her Pharaoh-styled, Jamaican-styled pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness. And she knows it, I believe, and I know it. You know all about it. Uh, every spouse, and Lord, only you know who's saved. Uh, every spouse ought to know whether or not their spouse is saved. They're so close together, the closest relationship in the world. And uh, she does not have to get saved, but I, I want to see her saved. Not only uh, to benefit the family, but more importantly that she would not go to hell. For she, uh, she is, and I am, in that age bracket where we can die at any moment. Uh, also, the children need to know why she refused to tell them, I love you, down through the years. The children need, need to know why she never gave them motherly love. Uh, to the point they really don't want to have anything to do with her. The children, our children, need to know why uh, she didn't want to feed them when I had instructed her to do so. She didn't want to change them. I had to make her do these things. I insisted. And because of your making me a strong man and having learned from my dad not to be a weak man and let uh, his wife run all over him and let my wife run all over me, which I have never done by your grace. I, in fact, I've never hearkened to her voice uh, at all. And uh, because of that, uh, we are still together by your grace. If I was not firm with her, if I was not, uh, uh, ins did not insist that she does her job, did not insist that she uh, do her job down through the years as a woman uh, I am I, I believe with all of my heart she would not be here today and uh, sad to say she's the I'm the first person in her life that held her accountable her parents didn't do so and uh, uh, did not train her up properly and uh, and so you left it to me I didn't know all of these things until after we got married <clears throat> for she told me she got saved at 16 and so I believed her being an evangelist uh, Lord as you know most evangelists if you just believe in Christ as far as we're concerned you're saved and I thank you for teaching me down through the years that, that may not be the case in fact I was in church all of my life, but I was lost and on my way to hell, and I uh, should have known better, but you had to teach me to the point of changing my prayer for people, changing my evangelistic efforts for people. And now I preach mostly to those who are lost in the church and to those who are lost in the world. And uh, the so-called irreligious and Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ 
help the mommies on this Mother's Day week uh, who are frustrated, who are angry, who are bitter, who are resentful, who are exhausted because they're trying to be mommies in the flesh. Always now whining and crying and complaining how hard it is to be a mother, how hard it is to be a wife, when if they would truly come to know your Savior, you will help them big time and you will give them a life of peace and joy. And in the words of Joyce Meyer, enjoying everyday life. Lord God in heaven, as you know, every Christian, no matter the tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests, ought to be, in, ought to be enjoying everyday life. As your servant, Joyce Myers, has mentioned many times, none of this whining and crying and complaining, unthankfulness, ungratefulness for the privilege it is to serve as a wife and to serve as a mother. There's something wrong with all of this whining and crying and complaining about uh, the simple tasks that you've called women to do. You've, you have wired them for it. You've given them the instincts for it. If they're saved, you've given them the power of your Holy Spirit. They ought to be enjoying everyday life and the, the noise of all of this crying and whining and boo-hooing and manipulating of the husbands and trying to get the husband to do their job and all of this demonic foolishness uh, should have ceased a long time ago. But Lord, it hasn't. And it was getting worse until you brought the plague upon us in the church. And Lord, I thank you for doing so. For we all deserve hell with the evil that we have done in the church. These women who love coffee time with their girlfriends, they love going on trips with their girlfriends and, and leave their children behind with demonic babysitters, with, gray, with, uh, with uh, pink and blue hair, uh, letting their child look up to a clown-looking person. And uh, uh, while they go off and do only you-know-what, and leave their children behind, so-called Christian women, talking about they need a break. Uh, nowhere in history, Lord, do we see where a mother of children who have been blessed with children need a break from her children. If they take a vacation, they need to take the children with them. And so, Holy Father God, I preach today Mommy, are you going to hell? Wifey, are you going to hell? For if you are born again and saved, you ought not to be acting this way. I should not, as a child, be a burden to you. It takes uh, your husband making you say to me, I love you. making your uh, having your husband to make you hug your own children and other such foolishness because it's such a burden they're such a burden to you resenting and hating your own children 
and being mad as the devil about any effort to serve the Lord. But as soon as you get to do what you want to do, you're excited and smiling and happy. Mommy, are you going to hell? And so, Holy Father God, I pray now that you would save my own wife, save thousands, yea, millions of other wives and mothers, uh, for many of them evidently getting into it for the wrong reason, just because their girlfriends got married. They wanted to get married, but they don't, they don't want the responsibilities of marriage and motherhood. Uh, they want to be footloose and fancy free and do what they want to do. Uh, and uh, the children in their minds be damned. This is the demonic mentality of many women today in the church. They would rather say they are preachers and preach to men instead of being godly mothers and preach to children, their own children. They want to rip and run and forsake the family and leave the husband with the children. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that you would drive the devil and the demons of hell out of the hearts and minds of these people who have been a big part, the Jezebel spirit, a big part of why we're in the mess we're in today and the weak back husbands who let them, the weak back pastors uh, compromising with them and being bought uh, by their vagina to let them do things they have no business doing, ruling over men and not being good mothers and not being good wives. So Lord, continue to chastise us and to rebuke us until we truly repent. Let your will be done and not ours. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would please rebuke and bind the devil and the demons of hell who are behind it all, laughing at the Christians, so-called Christians of today, being controlled by them, defiling your church. Lord, help people to see this chastisement, this rebuke, this coronavirus plague, and now the war and the threat of nuclear weapons as a mercy upon such wicked, twisted, ungodly people, male and female. For Lord, if you tarry your coming, and if we would live till Father's Day, I'm going to preach the same thing to the fathers. So, Lord, today open blinded eyes in the church. Help them to realize that they need to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith. Cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my own wife and others in my family. Uh, and give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, and glorify your holy name through us. 
Help us to somehow glorify your holy name. We are so unworthy to even be called by your name. Help us to lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and help us to take all of your holy words seriously, not just the parts we like. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. I told you a little story on yesterday. After hearing a sermon on the torments of hell by the pastor, a little girl asked her mother, Mommy, are you going to hell? I guess she was about seven to ten years old. She understood. She was sitting there playing with her dolls and twirling the doll's hair and fixing the doll's hair. So she would look at her mother, you know how children will look at you, and then they go back to what they're doing and still talking to you at the same time. Oh, the intelligence of children. See, some of you mothers think your children are dumb. They're not dumb. You want them to be dumb. You don't want them to know the evil you're doing. I don't care if you like it or not trying to spell stuff in front of them. That's what my parents did, spelling things. Uh, But I knew how to spell. Tell the truth to your children as they grow up so they won't be shocked by the truth when they get older. Anyway, she asked her mother, are you going to hell? Children say the darndest things, don't they? (laughs) the shocked mother said no honey I sure hope not (laughs) you know the little fake laugh why did you ask me that well the pastor preached on hell today and, and I wanted to find out whether or not you were going to hell also uh daddy Uh, I've heard daddy call you a disobedient hellion and because you have never told me I love you like Darren's mother tells him all the time. Also you never hug me. Also you never play dolls with me. Or sip imaginary tea with me. Darren's mother, my friend, is always hugging him. And telling him I love you. Also, daddy tells you to feed me when he goes to work. And you never do until he gets back. And he has to make you do it. And he always tells us to watch you because you are always doing something wrong when you ought to be watching us. Because you're always doing stuff that he told you not to do. Like a hellion. And... uh, You don't respect and obey daddy. 
Mommy, are you going to hell? Wifey, Christian wifey, are you going to hell? Church going wifey, you act real sweet and wonderful like an angel at church, but you act like a devil at home. Wifey, Christian wifey, Christian mother, you're always complaining and whining that you need a break. And, 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 and now you need a breather. Take a breath. This is, uh, I heard about this uh, uh, book coming out. Telling women to take a breath and take a breather. Uh, I haven't heard of a book telling husbands and fathers to take a breath and take a breather. Uh, what do you mean? A breath from what? A breather from what? A break from what? Your husband? Your children? What is the problem? And let me tell you, wives and mothers, something. God gave you the instincts to be a wife and mother. That has nothing to do with salvation uh, right there. Instincts. Just like he gave the animals. Animals, mothers in, in the animal world, they ought to have a happy Mother's Day themselves, an anniversary, because they naturally take care of their children and they'll kill you if you mess with one of them. Oh, he's so cute. Yeah, you, yeah, oh, yeah. That little cub, he's so cute. I can take him home, but you won't. Because Mama Bear will come out the woods and maul you to death down, down to the ground because Mama Bear loves her cubs. Why don't you love your own children? You give your children to devils so that you can have a breather, so that you can take a break. Huh? You need a break from your husband? You need a break from serving God? You need a break from your children? This is all evangelical mumbo-jumbo garbage. Take a break with your husband and your children. How about that? Raise your children right so that they are not a pain to you, a bother to you, a burden to you that you must take a break from. I never bought into that evangelical, Baptist, charismatic foolishness driven by the Jezebels of hell in the church. You don't need to take a breather, a break, a breath from your children. It ought to be a joy and a blessing. And see, that's why some of you women, you better listen to some other straining women instead of Joyce Meyer because she's telling you, get over yourself. She's been through hell and back. And if she can be happy in Jesus every day, you can too. And the reason why she is is because she lives by the word, not by her feelings. And she's honest and transparent about the negative feelings and thoughts she has had. But she does not live that out. And I and listen to me now. I'm not talking to you women. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. I'm not talking to you women who and trying to get you to do something as a lost person. 
No, no, you need to get saved. The reason why you need to take a break and you're, you're exhausted is because you're trying to do stuff in the flesh. You've never been born again. You're just religious. Think back. Can you remember a time you truly met Jesus? Or you, or, or, or you just got baptized in the church? They set you down in the chair when they said the doors of the church are open. Well, the doors of the church have been open since Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. So we don't know what Pastor Stevens and, and, and Pastor Pretty are talking about. What are you talking about? Doors of the church. Church been open. <laughs> the doors of the church been open since Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, man. <clears throat> Believe in the Lord Jesus. That, that, see, that has nothing to do with salvation, all of that. I've been through all of that. Got baptized at the age of 12. Went down, as they say, a dry sinner came up, a wet sinner lost as Hogan's goat, lost as a uh, duck in the Kentucky Derby. Lost. Just as lost as Jesse Jackson in a KKK meeting. Lost. You hear me? Religious, but lost. Did all of the religious stuff, but I was lost and on my way to hell, man. And I didn't, therefore, I didn't change. So when I went to church, I had to go. My mama made me thank God for that. Because that, that planted a seed, at least. But after I got through watching the hips of Jennifer and, and, and Janice, that's what I, I didn't think about. I was not thinking about Jesus. I, you know why? Because I was a dog from day one, lost and on my way to hell. And I was looking at the beautiful Jennifer, number one, Janice, number two. And listening to them choir, uh, singing the choir, oh yes. You said, what did you, what did you do? Preacher, when you were lost, and, and the preacher, uh, Dr. Grant, and Reverend Pretty got up to preach, I went to sleep. All devils know that the best sleep is in church. <laughs> All dogs know that you get the best sleep in church. I was not excited about nothing in church but Jennifer and Janice. That's it. Especially that Jennifer. My, my, my. <clears throat> I was not thinking about Jesus at all. And, and many of you women, you've gone to church for all the wrong reasons. You don't even know God. You don't know Jesus. And you know it. You've never met him. You met baptism. You met the right hand of fellowship. And people lying to you and say, oh, now you're saved. You're a church member. Church membership has nothing to do with your salvation. Baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. Hear me clearly. Going to BTU and going to Bible studies and, and going to choir rehearsal. I did all of that. Was made to do it. I should have been saved a long time ago based upon that. But see, if you know that you still are a lust hound, you still got some whoremongering in you, you still got some whoring around in you. And you're at church lusting your heart out. You know there's something. There's something wrong. Somewhere. Where there is no sanctification or holiness of life. There is no real faith in Christ. 
True faith works by love. God's love. It constrains a man to live unto the Lord or a woman to live unto the Lord from a deep sense of gratitude for redemption. As Spurgeon has said, it's all of grace. It's not any of you other than your believing. It's not you. You believe in Jesus Christ. He takes over. For redemption. Being thankful for redemption through Jesus Christ. It makes him feel that he can never do too much for him that died for him. You know why I'm preaching today? It's not because I have to. I want to. As old as I am and after preaching thousands of days over the past six, seven years. Every day, back to back for many of those days. Most of those days. You know why I did it? Because he put something in my heart to do it. He called me to do it and I wanted to do it. Because as uh, he is saying here, when you truly get born again, you, you, you can't uh, do too much for Jesus Christ, for God that died for you. It's just that there's a propelling going on on the inside of you, a compelling moving you to do as much as you can while you can. I believe it was John Wesley who said, who said something to the fact, do as much as you can while you can, in the best way that you can, any way you can. <laughs> I learned that from a little uh, souvenir I bought from John Wesley's church when I was over in England. Find that for me. Find that for me. John Wesley said, uh, do all you can, do the much as, as much as you can. And that is the spirit of a person who is born again and who is a Christian. It's not a burden to serve the Lord. It's not a burden to be, in my case, a husband and a father. Never has been. God gives you the grace to do all of that plus his work in ministry. As long as you stay obedient to him, you're going to be fine with God. Same thing for you wives. Thank God, however, happy Mother's Day to the women who love God, who are truly born again, and being a wife is a blessing. May God bless you. You are not to feel under conviction. I'm talking to women who are religious but lost. And everything they do for their husband and children, they, they, they think they ought to get some kind of reward right then. No, 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 baby. You don't understand the principle of in time to come. Right now, my wife and the mother of my seven children here, Her daughter should have come home on Mother's Day and taken her out to eat. That's what has happened with many good mothers. They should come down even uh, more often than that and take her to the mall. Go drink coffee together. That, that's, that's in time to come blessings. 
they're not doing that because she was not there for them. That's the reality. Don't worry about us. God is using us and sacrificing us to help you because no husband wants to say this. Most husbands are afraid to say something like this because uh, they would they would not get any more uh, uh, loving because the wife is uh, in control. She rules the roost and she's a Jezebel and he and she would put him on the couch. I I don't want like that. Ain't nobody put me on a couch. I'll put her on the couch. Ain't nobody putting me nowhere in my house. And because I love her, I tell her the truth. Her oldest daughters ought to be down here at least once a month, taking her to the mall, taking her to drink coffee, because mommy was so dear and so loving to us. They definitely should have been down here on Mother's Day to take her out to eat. But that's not in their hearts because they had to suffer so much pain from an unloving mother who thought that it was a burden to raise her children and who they saw had to be made to do simple things like I say I love you. Well, don't worry about don't worry about her. Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself. For some of you have been worse than she has been. If you can imagine that. But Dr. John Wesley said, I told you, I, I got one of those little cards. You know how we do. For those of us who are cheap tourists, we're going to get a little card that costs 50 cents or a dollar, something like that. We're not going to buy a whole lot of stuff that we can't afford. <laughs> Just a souvenir. Just a little token. John Wesley said, do all the good you can. By all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can, amen and glory be to God. See, that's the heart of a saved person. You want to be spent for God. You want to be used up for God. My daughter, Danita Evangeline White, and she, she and, and let me tell you, let me tell you, <laughs> you listen, I, I, I told them, do not let your sisters <clears throat> or, or family come live on you. They live together. Don't let family members come and, and mooch off of you. Uh-uh. Don't, uh, thank God for what you do for me. I appreciate it. I, I, I cannot imagine a father being more honored and more blessed than me. All three of my oldest children who are on their own, they have sent thousands of dollars to help their father in the ministry and have been a blessing to me. And you don't know what a great, a great feeling that is. If that's not, I, I'm not talking about $50. I would have been happy with $20, $25 here there. I'm talking about hundreds of dollars a pop every month, twice a month for my sons. Uh, my son Daniel the fourth, right on time. Every two weeks, I get hundreds of dollars from my son. I have received thousands of dollars from my daughter Danny, thousands from my son, thousands from my uh, daughter Danita. But my daughter Danita Evangeline White, she has a quote that she got from uh, 
uh, a writer who is dead now. It goes like this. Once I get to heaven, I don't want to have anything left in me. I want to give it to the Lord while I'm here. See, that's the heart of a Christian. That's the heart of a born-again one. I want to say Corey Tin Boom, but that's, that's not the lady. It's another lady. She was really not a super-duper Christian, but she said that that's what she said. And that's, that's my daughter, Danita's life's uh, quote. You can go to one of her social, social media pages and you'll see it. That, that, that's the heart of a Christian. A person who's saved and born again. They're not trying to reserve themselves. They're not trying to conserve themselves. They're not trying to. They're trying to do everything they can with the ministry that they have. And wives and mothers, your ministry, first of all, bless your heart, is to your husband and to your children. And then in time to come, when you have proven yourself to God and in and, and your faithfulness to God and to your husband and to your children, because they have to sign off on that according to Proverbs 31. God bless your heart. <laughs> Say, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait a minute. No, no. Yeah. See, because some of you sweet uh, little fake evangelical Christian women, you want to you get into this thing of, I'm going to have a great relationship with God, but you don't have a great relationship with your husband. The devil is a lie. I'm going to have a great relationship uh, with God and I'm going to do, do right by God but I'm not going to love and care for my children. The devil is a lie. And you are the devil. You're filled with the devil talking stupid like that. that that's not, God's not going to let you do that. God is a big believer in chain of command. He created it. It's God. It's Jesus. It's the man. It's the wife, the woman and then the children. That's how it is. That's how God made it. And God is not going to let you jump over and disrespect your husband and not do your job with your husband and not care for your husband and obey your husband and submit to your husband and subject yourself to your husband and love and care for your children. And you've got this wonderful prayer relationship with God. Uh, the devil is a lie. God's not going to hear that. You want to preach to men and preach all over. You want to preach like uh, an evangelist like me who has traveled around the world and, and leave. Girl, sit down somewhere. Huh? Maybe I ought to write a book. Girl, sit down. And take care of your husband and your children. And, it, and then in time to come, God may let you do that because you have something to say. You've raised a successful family. Your children are successful and happy like Mrs. Smallbone. That's their name. King and country. By faith they raised their children for the glory of God. The daughter is a great singer. Then the boys became great singers. They, they can blow too. All of them can blow. Now they're millionaires, blessing people around the world, and, and, and guess what? Her children love her. They wrote a song about it. You need to hear that song. I'll, I'll get the words for it. I'll try to say it for you because I can't sing it for you. Mm -hmm. This is Helen Smallbone. I think that's her name. She's being honored. You know why? In time to come. It wasn't already pretty raising five boys and a, and a daughter. 
That's not that, that, that that's not it's, it's not going to be all great and wonderful all of the time when you're changing all of those doo doo diapers, huh? Breastfeeding, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you get tired and serve the Lord sometime? Yes, but it's still a joy. You can do it with good cheer. See, Jesus, when you're serving Jesus, while you're going through persecution and tribulations, Jesus will give you good cheer because he has overcome the world. You will see your problems as a blessing. Mm -hmm. That's the common knowledge and the common experience among all Christians. They count it joy. They count it all joy. I cannot explain it to you. You have to experience it. <laughs> you need to be born again. You need to be saved. Being much forgiven. He loves much. As we continue. He whom the blood cleanses. Walks in the light. That's Bible for you. He who has real lively hope in Christ purifies himself even as he is pure. Glory be to God. The faith which has not a sanctifying influence on the character is no better than the faith of devil. Did you get that? Hello, lights. That's what Dr. Grant used to say. I remember that. When the folks would not say amen, Dr. Grant would say amen, lights. Look at, look at all the lights. Amen. Amen. No, <laughs> Dr. Grant of the Pentecostal Holiness Church Incorporated. Oh, yes. And by the way, my sweet evangelical brethren, I know I'm not supposed to be preaching this because this is going to upset the sweet little devilish women in the evangelical Christian church. If it upsets you, that lets you know that you're lost and on your way to hell. This only ought to upset people who are religious and lost and they know it. It should not and will not upset born-again Christians. There are, and listen to me, I'm not, listen to me, I'm not like you men afraid to say negative things to women. Because women know these things. By the way, women, listen to me. Women know these things. They don't, they don't act like they don't know anything around you. But they give it to the girlfriend. Uh-huh, girl. <laughs> he said that right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know many sisters like that. Uh-huh. Oh, they know. And by the way, women in general, we... You sweet pastors, God, no, I'm not going to say God bless you. You sweet pastors and you sweet deacons and trustees, you sweet husbands have lifted, lifted up wicked, evil women above you. You're afraid to say that. I'm not. All women know that women are just as wicked some of them are just as evil. Some of them know women who can lie and look you straight in the face while they're lying and not blink. They know women who are whorish from day one. They got a whorish heart. 
And they'll do anything. There are women who know. There are women who do anything in the bedroom. For a man that she's not even married to. Just as whorish as they can be. Just as wicked. Just as unprincipled. No character whatsoever. And there are good women who are saved. Who know women like that. And some of them know that they used to be that way. In the natural, listen, I know you don't like it, but you need to get, you need to get women off of a pedestal. Some of the most wicked human beings on earth are women. I know that does not jive with the sweet evangelical message, the sweet Christian message that women are above and beyond men and they're more holy, they love Jesus more and all of that. Many men are not in the church because you pushed women up to a pedestal they should not be on over the men. You run through them. You go through them. You don't go through the man. You don't do it God's way. And so men are not going to be disrespected like that. And eventually, if they are man enough, they'll pull that woman out of that church. And the children too. Now, that's, that's, I know that's news for some of you. Just read your Bible. We thank God for the good ones. But we can't always talk about the good ones. There's some bad mamas in the Bible too. Jezebel is one of them. God dealt with Jezebel in the Old Testament and in the New Testament in the book of Revelation. The last book of the Bible. And we have a demonic Jezebel spirit in the church that wants to rule over Ahab and the pastor and other men and everybody else. And they would have done so if God didn't stop them. You didn't stop them, pastor. You're going to let them do it. I'm talking about Baptist preachers. Charismatics have already done it. In the words of Bishop Daniel White Jr., that is ass backwards in the church. Ass backwards in the home. And so, beloved, in our... Uh, last message, we looked at how churches are filled with counterfeit Christians. Such people must examine themselves and see if they are truly in the Christian faith, lest they end up in hell. You say, well, preacher, how can you say your wife is not saved? Because I've been living with my wife for over 34 years. Her biggest problem is pride. Pharaoh-style pride. Joined with Jamaican-style pride. And it is a hard nut to crack. And all Jamaicans know it. They don't bother me. They may get mad and huffy because I tell them the truth. But I believe Americans have done Jamaicans a disservice by talking about them behind their backs. Saying that are they this hard-headed? They're proud. They're stubborn. They're rebellious. Especially Jamaican women. Uh, they 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 uh, they have multiple jobs. They have multiple businesses going on. They're very industrious. And and they and and, and black folk criticize that. They, they they talk negative. Like oh see how they. I tell you one thing about a Jamaican. They have many jobs and many businesses going on. Yeah, they, and they're more successful than you are. And that's why we have a Jamaican. Vice President. That's why we have a Jamaican uh, Lieutenant Governor. 
and, and you've been here all your uh, for generations, and and you won't even run. Don't don't so don't uh uh-uh, uh don't don't bother me with that. Tell and you joke about them behind their backs. I don't joke about them. I love the Jamaican people. I've been to Jamaica many times. I wanted to marry a woman from Jamaica because I I knew how because there's there's some great qualities. For example, some of you men going through, uh, you can't have sex with your wife when you want to. I've never experienced that in 34 years. So to me, because I love sex, just like uh, 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 Curry, Steph Curry does. They were having a show. They got a little show. Steph, they asked the question came up: What would you? What can you do without sex? Wine. Uh, they even mentioned reefer or whatever. And and while Steph Curry was eating, he didn't even look up. Well, I couldn't do it without the sex part. And his wife just laughed her head off because she agreed. I'm that way too. And and and, and, so, and most of you sweet little cold Christian people who act like you never heard of sex before, but yet you got eight children. Huh? You love it too. But you men can't have it because you're married to a woman who won't let you, who, who won't let you have it. Uh, and she'll tell you to your face with her head going from side to side, uh, this sign says closed. I, I've never experienced that in my 34 years of marriage. I ain't never, uh, in fact, I've never been with a woman who ever refused me that. And I've been with several women. I ain't never. I don't have that problem. I don't know what y'all doing. Letting women shut you down like that. I don't know what what that is about. I don't know anything about that. And you got to go look at pornography. And then she get mad. You looking at pornography, and she still won't give you any. And what you looking for is sex. That's what you looking for. It has been lightly said. That one of the greatest, one of the greatest gifts a father can give to his children is to love their mother. That's 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 one hundred percent evangelical, sweet evangelical right there, sweet Christian. Oh, y'all love that, don't you? You hear it every Mother's Day. I know, you know. That's the greatest gift a father, which is a lie out of hell anyway. That's not the greatest gift. The greatest gift is his faithfulness and loyalty to God. And that he does not hearken to the voice of his wife, but he hearken to the voice of God. But you know, that, you know that's so sweet. You women just love that. And, 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 and the children really can care less. I mean that ought to be. It ought to be. They, they, they. In their mind, they, that, that's you know that's, that's given. The father loving the wife, which is their mother. But hey, I got some news for you. I got something new for ya. I got something for you. How about this? I say that one of the greatest gifts a mother can give to her children is to respect their father. How about that? Come on, men. Give it to me. You know I'm right about it. Oh, that's not sweet evangelical right now. 
Ah, the women don't love that. They don't like that, do they? Uh-huh. That's a new saying. Let's try that. Go ahead and, and, and make that. Uh, and then that's an original quote. The greatest gift that a mother, I say that one of the greatest gifts a mother can give to her children is to respect and honor and submit to and subject herself to and obey their father. Oh, I ought to just close out right now because I know I said a whole lot. Ah, amen. And I think that's way more important. Way more important. Oh, that uh, some of you men are scared to say that. You women are mad. They got their arms like, well, I love that other quote about that's the greatest thing a husband can do. Uh-huh, a father can do. And all our sweet evangelicals, they love it. All of our sweet Christian folk, they love it. And Baptist church came all because you know why? It lifts up the woman to be something wonderful and great. And we live in this, this uh, altered state, this twilight zone, where the husband is not rewarded for hardly anything. The children don't get rewarded for what they do good. But the wife can be bad, mean, hateful. Uh, and she's that way because the husband did something wrong all the time. And she gets rewarded all of the time and she put on the pedestal. I'm knocking down the pedestal. To hell with that. I believe that one of the biggest problems in the church are not the men, but the women, and the men letting them do it. That's why I believe most churches are, are shut down, uh, some completely, some uh, mostly, because pastors and church leaders, so-called, were allowing foolishness in the church. Men are nothing. We put down men until we need some money, and then we lift up the women and and, and over the men. And and buddy, that was going full speed ahead before God shut down the church. And there's some women we haven't heard from in a while who are full speed ahead. So, wifey. Mommy, are you going to hell? Do you find doing these simple things always hard, frustrating, and exhausting? Number one, submitting to your husband. Is that hard? Why is that hard? You know why? Because you're not saved. See, saved people obey God no matter how hard it may be, or they think it may be. Subjecting yourself to your husband, you find that hard and uh, uh, exhausting. Number three, respecting your husband. God tells you, commands you to do these things. God commands you, sister girl, to do these things. 
You want to change your world? Obey God. Get saved and obey God. There are lost women who do these things by their instincts. There are lost women who are better wives than some Christians. So-called church folk. Number four, loving your husband. Is this hard and difficult and exhausting to you? you? You're exhausted by loving your husband and obeying your husband and submitting to your husband and subjecting yourself to your husband. You need to be born again. That's why. You're trying to do stuff in the flesh. Do you act one way in church? And what is that? What way is that? You submit to your husband in church. You subject yourself to your husband in church. Or you still get out some sly remarks about your husband uh, which show your rebelliousness towards him. Do you, you show all uh, this love towards your husband around church folks and call him your honey bun and, your, and all of that kind of stuff at church, you hypocrite. But you are a witch at home. You know why? Because you're lost. You all have not had sex in six weeks, but yet you're so loving, and my honey bunch husband, and he's so sweet. Uh, gentlemen, when a woman tells other women that you're so sweet, she's lost all respect for you. That means that you're nothing. You're a donut, a sugary donut. You're nothing. You have no nutritional value whatsoever. Number five. Does it, does it bother you and burden you and you're so exhausted? You find it hard to say I love you to your own children? You find it hard to hug your own children, number six? You find it hard, number seven, to feed your children? Is a burden to change them and take care of them? More, being more concerned about how they feel instead of how you feel than wear dirty diapers half the day? Huh? Huh, mommy? Mommy. You didn't mind laying down there to have those children. Now you don't want to take care of them. The devil is a lie. Yeah, there are women like that. Oh, they love the sex part in those early days to have the children. But they don't, they, they, they don't want to take care of the children. They don't want to love the children. They want the children around. Hey, hey, by the way, again, we're not dating, baby. <laughs> we're married now. We have responsibilities and obligations. And, 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 and according to George Meyer, uh, we are to uh, enjoy everyday life. Hello. See, and if you don't, do, you don't enjoy everyday life, there's something wrong with your salvation. God did not call you to live a life of depression and being defeat. Defeated and sad and mad and bitter and exhausted. There's no reason why you should be exhausted, mommy. Well, you need a break from your children. I know of a dear brother. He helped me in the ministry. And buddy, he would work hard. And they had three children. And uh, we couldn't even talk about the things I wanted him to do. I was paying him to help me in the ministry. We couldn't even talk about it. When he got off work, that, that was the only time we could talk about it. Soon as we drove up to the house where he lived at, his wife was coming out of the door like a bat out of hell like some of you other women. Tell him, go get your children. You know, she's gone. 
oh, she wore long dresses, and she was, you know, uh, supposed to be the big-time Christian, dresses all the way down to the ground, but the devil can wear a dress, not only Prada, a long dress, modest dress, and be full of hell in the devil, and mad as the devil, embarrassing her husband, coming out of the house, as soon as he drives, she up there standing at the door, as soon as he drives up, she's so mad and frustrated, and so exhausted with dealing with the children, and lie on the children, and some of you fathers let your wives lie on your children. <clears throat> and you, because you want to keep her happy, so you can get some looky every now and then, uh, uh, you, you take her lie over your own son and your own daughter. The devil is a lie. And you need to stop doing that. You're destroying your relationship with uh, uh, the, the mother's relationship with the children is already destroyed. You're going to destroy your relationship with them by letting your wife get away with that garbage. Because you're so hell-bent on trying to keep her happy. Son, it is not your job to keep her happy. She needs to bring happiness to the table as a Christian. I, I was happy before I got married. And I've been happy since I've been married. It doesn't make any difference to, uh, to me what she does. If, if I listened to my wife, I wouldn't be preaching this morning. I wouldn't be preaching this afternoon. I don't care what she thinks. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and I'm going to be happy, Jack. I enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed my marriage with a lost woman. That's how powerful Jesus is in your life. And some of you people are trying to uh, work with the devil, compromising yourself down to the ground to appease a devil who's full of hell and the devil, who's a hypocrite, a phony, and a fake, a devil and a witch at home and an angel in front of other people. You ought to be sick and tired of that hypocrisy. Number eight. Going to the park and having fun with your children. Is that a burden to you? You need a breather from that? You need to take a breath. You're suffocating? What's wrong? You need to take a vacation from your children? Huh? They're, they're, your children are a blessing. What in the world are you talking about? Tell your girlfriend, I, honey, child, I need a break from these children. Uh, who's your favorite babysitter? How much do they cost? I, I just got to get out of here. You're lost and on your way to hell, girl. No, you take your children with you. I insisted on my wife always taking our children with her. They had to stay with her. We never left our children, even in a nursery and a church, for her to sit out there. For what? Ah, I want my wife with my children. So our children sat with us. I sat with her while I was preaching. I never paid. What? Are you kidding me? I never paid for a babysitter in my life. I have never paid a daycare center to put my children in. Never, 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 and nor should you. The great and watch this. And let me tell you, women, something. Some of you have already found this, found this out, and it's a bit of pill. You may think the eighteen years, or twenty years, or twenty-two years is going to be a long time. No, 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 no. See, see, this is why women understood what happened to my wife, with my oldest daughter, Danny, who stayed with me longer than the average bear. 
along with my, my second oldest daughter, Danita. And one of the reasons why I was bringing this up earlier, one of the reasons why I don't want them to be doing that for their siblings, because they did it for their siblings. They had to literally uh, uh, be the mother to their siblings, because she was not up for the task. They had to take on some things like cooking for their siblings. They worked hard for the Lord, for the ministry, for the business, the family business we had, and college. They both have multiple degrees. I mean, they worked their behinds off, man. And, they, and so they were ready. They were ready to take on life, big time. And it's not fair to them to take on the siblings that they help raise. And, I, and I've told my, uh, their siblings, don't be trying to hook up with them and live with them. And uh-uh. No. You, get, you do like they did. Get your education. Get you a job. And act like you're responsible. And you can go out and get your own place. And then y'all can meet up at the coffee shop and talk. And you got something to talk about now. Not only do they have something to talk about. Don't do that. Uh-uh. I don't believe in that. They, they can help you, you know, once you have accomplished what you need to accomplish here like they did. But to take care of you and, and move in with them, no. It's not fair to them. And plus, it's not going to work. See? So, uh, number nine, not willingly participating in the proper raising of your children. Is this hard, mommy? Mommy, is this hard? Is this a burden to you, mommy? Huh? Huh? You, evidently, you were not raised right by your parents. And so, as your husband, I'm going to help you. I'm going to insist. You see, you don't want to do the job at all, but I'm going to insist you do your job. Whether you like it or lump it, baby, mommy, uh-huh. you want to be called a mother, you want to be called a wifey, but you don't want the responsibilities and obligations. And the reason why you don't want it and you don't, uh, uh, you don't uh, rise to the occasion is because you're lost. And on your way to devil's hell, and I'm talking to thousands of folk. I've already talked to my wife about it for years, for 34 years. So, I mean, this is nothing new to her. Big number 10, not being committed to providing a peaceful, quiet, loving home for your children, even if that means not having your way and getting everything you want. Mommy, mommy, wifey, huh? See, you want to raise hell because you're full of the devil, because you can't have your way and, and in your mind, damn the children. You don't care if the children are discombobulated by your rebelliousness and your childishness and your foolishness. My daughter, Danny, sent me something yesterday over here. Bring up that that little graphic that she sent uh, on that on that phone, and let me see it. 
My oldest daughter, Danny. They, they, when they were young children and pure of heart, you know who they call the mommy? They call me the uh, papa and the mommy. Only because they felt God's love through me, fatherly love through me, and they knew that I made sure that mommy did her job. I didn't do it, but I insisted on her doing it. You say, how do you do that, preacher? How did you do that, preacher? Listen, first of all, I'm not afraid. I have never been afraid of losing my wife because if she's not going to be a wife, as I've told her thousands of times over the years, you need to find someplace else to go. Pass that to me, son. Right there. Pass that to me. <clears throat> Maybe my daughter Danny uh, wrote this herself or she got it from someplace. It's an amazing little thing that she did, uh, that she sent me. Amazing, loving, strong, happy, selfless, graceful. The going down, it says mother. Now she knows her mother has never been any of that. So she, she sent it to me as they've sent uh, these kind of things to me for years. In the second row of the letters spells mother. That's what a mother should be. Amazing. I don't care if you like it or not. Get saved and be a good mother. That's all. And if you don't want to be a good mother and all you want is sex and you want the 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 uh, 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 name of a wife and a mother, but you don't want to be a good wife. You don't want to be a good mother. Don't get married. That's all I'm saying to you. I will show you this, but I can't. It's not going to show up clearly. Amazing. A mother ought to be amazing. A mother ought to be a, ought to be loving. A mother ought to be strong. A mother ought to be happy. My wife Marie has not been happy one day of her life. Uh, other than when I took her to, I took them to Chuck E. Cheese and she was able to sit at the table by herself. That's the only time I've seen her happy. Because the children are ripping and running. She doesn't have to do anything. Selfless. I don't care if you like it, you sweet evangelical. This is why we're in the hell we're in right now. That's why we're under the rebuke and chastisement we're in right now. You sweet evangelicals, you sweet charismatics, you sweet Baptists, independent Baptists, Southern Baptists, uh, 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 black Baptists, uh, uh, national Baptists. Amy. We got women in the church, not doing their jobs, but they are put on a pedestal, and they're so wonderful and so great, and they're not amazing. They're not loving to, to God, to their husband, or to their children. They're not strong. They're falling apart, talking about they need a breather, they need a breath. 
See, see, the reason why this is, I, I can't get with you on that is because I told my wife that years ago when she was doing this whining and complaining and the older women were telling her, you need to take a break from your children. I said, no, you're not taking a break nowhere. You take a break with us right here. This is, not, this is not a job. This is your flesh and blood, man. This is your family. You don't need to leave them with a babysitter and you go off to Bahamas. We go off to Bahamas. Or, no, uh, that's crazy. Take, let's, let's take them to the Bahamas or let's take them to some place we can take them so that we can raise our own children and love our own children and care for our own children. We're not doing that. Not happy. Selfish. My daughter Danny sent me this yesterday. Beautiful. I don't know if she wrote it. She probably created it herself. I don't know. because they're, 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 All the children are very artistic and, and can write. Then the big one is selfless. That's what a mother is. Selfless. Yes, sir, buddy. <laughs> oh, yes. I've talked to my wife about this for many years. told my wife about this for many years. My mother, who was not the greatest mother. She would, she would slave over food, man, that would make your tongue slap your brain out of your head. And she would never sit down to eat with us. She was from the old school. She would stand at the counter and nibble the leftovers. Selfless. See, this selfless part comes in when you choose, watch this, as a Christian mother. You choose not to raise hell with your husband discombobulating your children and not affording them a peaceful atmosphere to do their schoolwork and ministry work because we homeschool our children. You rather listen to the devil and choose to act like the devil, discombobulating them, and they, the children would ask me, my oldest daughter Dan would always ask me, I don't know, from a little girl, sweet as she could be, Always from day one was about helping her father in the ministry. From day one. And she could not understand for the life of her why mommy would not simply just join in and let's do what needs to be done. If we had to go take a trip for me to go preach, my daughter Danny would have her stuff packed. Three, four, five years old. Six years old. Sitting on the bed waiting on her to get her act together and her attitude together. Because when it came down to ministry, this is when my wife was the worst. It's no knock on her. It's a knock on the devil. Because the devil is the one who hates the ministry. Who hates the, who hates the gospel being preached. To this day, she gets a stink face when it's time for me to preach the gospel. She has never been happy about it. There's no knock on her. No, it's not picking on her. I'm trying to help you to understand how that the devil will work in your marriage and family. And if you're lost, you're at his beck and call. If you're not saved and able and able to resist the devil. And then the last word is graceful. When I, when I see the word graceful, uh, I think about Dr. Lewis Evans, graceful, she, like the duck, she might be pedaling real hard underneath, but <laughs> you're not going to see a sweat. 
You're not going to see her sweat. That's not a comparison. I'm just, and she's a much older woman, I'm, so don't get off the, go off the deep end. I love my wife. I want the best for my wife. That's why I wanted to see her saved. Ain't mad at nobody. Never been mad at her. Because, see, I'm in charge of my house, so I don't get mad with people. I will rebuke you. If necessary, I will chastise you, punish you, but I'm not going to get mad at you. And angry and all that. No, I'm in charge. Why would I get mad and angry? <laughs> I'm not doing that. Number 11, not understanding the principle of in time to come. You can't handle everything your mama and your grandmama have right now. In time to come, you'll get yours. And I broke it down to you. My oldest daughter, Nanny, would love to have a mother they can pick up and take to the mall and take to the coffee shop and buy her some gifts and let them and talk with her about a man that they met and stuff like that. They don't want to have, they're not going to do that because she was not for, she was not uh, uh, what she should have been to them when she, when they were here. And God used me to tell her right before Nanny was born, here's what you need to do. God wants you to make memories with these children. I told her that before my first daughter was born with her. And yes, I've had children with other women. She's not the only mother of my children, my many children. And I told her, however, before she, uh, when she got pregnant with Danny, who's been a sunshine child, nothing but sunshine all of the years that she was with me. Okay? And in our family. And, and, and she did it the right way. I told her, your job is to make memories with these children in this family. And if she had done that, things would have turned out differently. They'll be calling their mother, sharing with them, uh, sharing with her about this and that, and uh, how do you know if you love a man, and all this kind of stuff, and, and whether or not he's a good man, and all of that. They want to talk. They want to talk about st stuff like that with their mother. And from the time, and here's a, something very sad. And I noticed this when she when she realized that my mother, her mother, was not going to change and be loving and affectionate and caring and so forth. She's been searching for a mother ever since. And now they have other women who play that role. And I can't say that they're good examples. <clears throat> I know one is not. But they have that hunger to have a mother that they can talk about womanly things to. The question tonight is, are you a counterfeit Christian? Can you truly remember a time when you were born again and your life changed? It was a growth 
thing. It didn't happen all overnight. But you can remember a time when you met Jesus Christ and your life changed. If you cannot remember that time, well, make tonight that night. If you want to be saved, dear friend, here's how. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law, God's Ten Commandments. For you have lied many times before. You've stolen things before. You've lusted after people and things before. You have dishonored your parents, disobeyed your parents before. And you have dishonored God by taking his name in vain. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes the Pope. That includes the Dalai Lama. That includes Joel Osteen, pastor of the largest church in America. And that includes me. We're all sinners. We all have sinned against God. We have broken His commandments repeatedly in His sight. Second, accept the fact, dear friend, that there is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We die as punishment for our sins. And God wants you to know that if you, if he allows you to die for your sin, he will allow you to go to hell for your sin and spend eternity being tormented in hell if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ. And hell is a very real place. Do not believe what uh, false teachers will tell you, that there is no hell or that you will be annihilated. There's no such thing. And there's no purgatory either. Don't believe the lying popes of history. There's no such thing as a purgatory or limbo or some waiting room and somebody can pray you out if they give $50 to the church. Uh, that was a tool of the devil and of the popes and bishops trying to make money off of the people. And I believe that God brought about the bubonic plague because of the hypocrisy and the evil of the then known church, the Catholic Church, back in those days. So third, accept the fact, dear friend, that you are on the road to hell. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43 and 48, For Jesus Christ preached more on hell than any prophet or apostle, Old Testament and New Testament, than anybody in the Bible. And in this particular message, he makes it very clear that if you die unsaved, if you die not believing in him, you will go to this awful place called hell 
where the fire is not quenched. For he said, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Get saved tonight. Do you know why many, most people go to hell, I believe? It's because of the sin of Satan, the sin of pride, the sin that God hates the most. I believe tonight that my own wife is on her way to hell because of her fowleristic Jamaican pride. I believe that all my heart. She just does not want to humble herself and admit that she got slipped to Mickey down in the Moravian church in Jamaica. And she's not saved. I'm her husband. I have observed her life. I have always hoped for her to be saved. That's what she told me. If you know anything about an evangelist, he believes you. If you say you believe in Jesus Christ, he believes you. Because he knows the power of belief in Christ. But God has taught me that people can say that and still not be saved. In fact, he, he dealt with it. We may touch on it a little bit in this series. In fact, if the Lord tarries is coming and uh, we live, we will. Because he explains it very clearly. How that you can be excited about the gospel and not really receive it. Go on a little while and then the pressures of life take hold and you fall apart. You fall away from the faith. Uh, which was counterfeit. Because if you get truly saved, you're not going to fall away from the faith and quit. You will endure until the end. Anyway, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell is very bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, the most loving, most magnificent, and most important words ever said in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, in order to be saved tonight, lay aside all of your religion, lay aside your pride, and just believe in your heart in Jesus Christ, not your works, not your church membership, not your baptism, not your taking the chair down in the front of the church, not your shaking the preacher's hand, not your receiving the right hand of fellowship, not speaking in tongues or dancing in church or whatever. None of that has anything to do with salvation. 
nor is giving a whole lot of money to the church. You cannot buy your salvation. You don't have enough money. Bezos does not have enough money. Elon Musk does not have enough money for this salvation. All you have to do is believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will. Now you truly understand how to get saved. You have a better understanding. Go ahead and take advantage of it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So dear friend, if you want to be saved tonight, Believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins and call on him in prayer, the sinner's prayer. And I'll help you with that. I can help you with the prayer. I can't help you with the heart work. You have to believe in Jesus Christ with your heart. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I understand that I deserve to die and go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please Forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart that he died for my sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and save my soul from that awful place called hell and save my soul to heaven. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to change. Help me to repent of all of my sins and turn from my evil life and follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name I pray, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information, 
to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ. Please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And dear friend, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight as your Lord and Savior, please email us at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you to help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer. Let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for what you have done here tonight. Open up the, open up the blinded eyes of folk in the church and outside of the church. And Lord, bring in the sheaves by the thousands and by the millions. Religious but lost and uh, people who have never been in a, in a church before. Help them to hear the gospel and understand the gospel and be saved before it is eternally too late. Help us all who are saved to pray without ceasing and to endure until the end. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen.